When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. A free trial pass. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Alrighty, now five minutes after five o'clock on a Tuesday morning. How you doing? Come on in, fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee. Glad to be along with you. I'll tell you what. Just about the time that you thought you had served up real Wisconsin cheese on every imaginable platform, from crackers to sandwiches, hot hors d'oeuvres, appetizers. Well, now guess what? Josh Scramlin joins us this morning with another hot new trend. That's good news for our Wisconsin cheesemakers. Stand by for that. Weather-wise, you can stand by for a little warm-up later this week. Today, partly sunny, but about the same as it was yesterday, temperature-wise. 29 are expected high. Tomorrow, we actually cool down to 18, but then Thursday, we're supposed to bounce up to 34. By Friday, we'll touch out around 40, and the weekend looks like 40s is in the forecast. So, not exactly turning into a white Christmas just yet for a lot of areas in Wisconsin, but we'll find out what Stu Muck has to say about that in about 15 minutes. Also up before 6 o'clock this morning, you know, as we get closer to the end of the calendar year, what many non-farm consumers need to think about is, what do you want to enjoy next growing season? It's a critical question that our farms that are involved in community-supported agriculture projects or uh, where you can go out and buy shares, they would love for you to make your decision on uh, investing in their farm for 2020 so that they can get started planning what they're growing for next year. Reba McClone's got an update on that before 6. Rural Mutual Insurance, the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, is here for you even when the weather isn't. With crop hail damage, protect your operation from hail, fire, lightning, and more. Visit RuralMutual.com slash farm. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Good kids doing good things. That's how we talk about FFA members around Wisconsin and around the country, for that matter. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. But FFA members can't do it alone. Their local FFA chapters are always active, but also active helping them fund some of their activities. The FFA Foundation, and Pam, it sounds like that organization continues to roll right along. Yeah, it sure does, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. But, you know, the catch is, Bob, as you pointed out, uh, these associations, these nonprofits cannot just roll forward without help. And when you look around the tough economics that a lot of Wisconsin farm families, a lot of Wisconsin agribusinesses have been facing not just in 2019, but 2018 as well, it begs the question, are they keeping their checkbooks open when it comes to something like the FFA Foundation, which is the basis of financial support for ag education and FFA in the state? Reba McClone had a chance to visit with John Romiak, the executive director of the Wisconsin FFA Foundation, and find out how the money's coming along. A lot of our listeners might know that I was a big FFA kid. It was my thing during high school. And so now that I'm out of college and high school, it's something I really like to support still. And so I'm talking with John Romiak, who's the executive director at the Wisconsin FFA Foundation. John, can you just first off start out by telling me how did 2019 go for you guys? 
it went really well for us. Uh, 2019 was a good year. Um, back in June at our 90th FFA convention here in Madison, we uh, celebrated a record campaign year from 2018 into 2019, uh, where we raised uh, over $659,000 to support our FFA members and AGED programming across the state. Uh, so we're really proud of that. And uh, we hope to see that we, we continue to see that going in, in the future um, and, and growing as our as our membership expands as well, too. We want to see that grow. Um, but it, it's it been really a, a solid year from us. Of course, we're moving into we we're into the 1920 year for us now. Um, our our membership is still strong, and we we want to continue to see that fundraising support to uh, grow as well. That's a really great point. How you guys are kind of already in the midst of your next mm-hmm. year. What are some of your goals for this fiscal year? Well, well we want to uh, we want to continue to uh, support our AGED programs, our, our local AGED prog- programs across the state. So we've added uh, a couple this year. Uh, we're growing in terms of number of programs. We've got over 250 programs across the state, um, and we want to we want to see those those students continue to in, fully engage in all that we have to offer in Wisconsin AGAD. And we talk about FFA as being a portion of that, but also that in classroom component the, the, that ha- and as well as the hands-on learning component uh, through our supervised agricultural experience. Uh, we want to see see all all areas of egg ed continue to be supported and and uh, grow under under what we can do here at the foundation. And I think you bring up a really great point in that the FFA is the student organization, but there's a lot that goes into it. And is that why this is an organization people should consider donating to, especially because there are a lot of youth groups and organizations out there? I didn't grow up with FFA personally, so I don't have that that personal background with it. But as I've come to learn more about it and certainly working in it for the past almost three years now, I think one of the things that FFA can offer that, that other organizations aren't as strong in is that hands-on yet tied to the classroom experience. I think that's really the key part where you are getting those real-world skills. Uh, students are tasked with uh, taking on things themselves, figuring out real-world scenarios, situations, building a business, uh, working for somebody, understanding the value of work and, and what it really means to to get into a career, into a job setting, and then all tying it back to that basic classroom knowledge that really gives you the, that foundation to be successful in in a career. So that's that's the one thing that I see as, as unique with, with FFA and AGED in Wisconsin. And uh, that, that's been really fun to, to be able to tell that story and to, to gain support from. Do you find that a lot of the donors who may be coming in are surprised by all that FFA has to offer if they didn't know about it before? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of our, our people who maybe aren't as familiar with it as I wasn't, uh, understand it to be a, a, another club, or they think it's another just youth organization. Um, and really, the the multifaceted. There are so many things in FFA that that we have to offer uh, that very few students can touch everything that we have to offer in in our programming. So everything from speaking contests to the uh, career development contests that we have. Um, and uh, uh, competitions and applications for their proficiency program, which I talked about earlier, the the supervised agriculture experience. I mean, there is really a, a multifaceted approach to what a student can get involved in, and anything from 
egg sales, production egg, marketing, uh, egg science, which is a huge area that's growing for us. We, we really uh, run the gamut in terms of what a student could get involved in. And um, I think that, that sponsors and donors are always surprised at, at new things that are coming uh, down, down the pike with all of that. And um, we, we hope to continue to, to see those, those opportunities expand for students as well as get our external partners involved in, in those. And how are students getting these funds to them? Is it through just through these experiences or are there scholarships they can receive? What are the aspects where students are kind of seeing the benefits of all these donors coming into our this organization? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it again. It, it's sort of the the wide variety of, of programs that we have too. It makes my job difficult because we have. Uh, so many great causes that that we can partner with with our uh, with external partners on um, everything from scholarships as you mentioned uh, grants for students starting their their hands on experiences uh, grants that go directly to local programs local uh, chapters um, as well as we we have sponsors for state convention we have sponsors for our state officer team and all of the work that they do we have sponsors that support sort of our our team egg ed, Wisconsin egg ed in general. So we've got a lot of different areas as well as all those conference or all those award areas, program areas that I, that I talked about a little bit before too, proficiencies, CDs, LDs. We've got partners involved in, in all areas. And, um, uh, it, it certainly makes it a challenge when, when we sit down with people, but a lot of times it's, it's, uh, they see the value in 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 covering a few different areas and getting involved in a few different areas. It's been rough in the agriculture industry right now. So have you seen that you've had more donors maybe doing smaller amounts or fewer donors doing larger amounts? Where are you seeing that shift in donors? Is it maybe going from more corporate to personal donations? Well, I'll tell you, um, it, it has been a, a difficult number of years, and, and I, I don't need to tell that to anyone who, who I sit down and visit with. Uh, the one thing that I've, I've been incredibly impre- impressed with and humbled by, uh, coming from a fundraising background previously, too, is to see just the level of commitment and support that, that our donors have um, and sponsors have. It, it's one of the last things that that go and and uh, so I'm I'm incredibly humbled when I when I see that and, and I hear the stories of you know that that it's a difficult time and they're they're looking at staffing and they're looking at uh, cutbacks um, but they they still want to make that commitment with Wisconsin FFA one more year and and we'll, we'll see how it goes next year um, but uh, so I've been I've been really I think FFA people understand it as an investment. And they understand it as a a way to give back that uh, it, it's it's hard it's hard not to do when uh, we've got such a, a great tradition uh, at Wisconsin and, and the FFA. So uh, I'm very very thankful for all of that. And and on the the individual side, um, I think we've we've made such an impact. Wisconsin FFA has made such an impact. On on individuals across the state that that they continue to 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 give back every year, and I think we want to we want to grow that individual support too, and continue to tell the message of of why okay our our chapter level our local level uh, obviously those are 
tremendous great causes um, as well, and and we at the state level support them. So uh, without without their help at the state level too, uh, we can't be as good with our local ag ed programs too. So. Um, we want to see that individual support grow and, and we want to continue to engage as, as our external partners maybe consolidate more or, you know, companies get bought out. Um, we want to maintain those relationships and make sure that we can continue to explain the value of, okay, these are your, your future employees. These are your future customers. Um, these are your future leaders in the ag space and, and really outside of ag too. Um, we, we're an organization that we have our roots in, in agriculture education, uh, but we want to build leaders that are best prepared for uh, whatever career that they go into in the future. And speaking of the future, what are you guys most excited about that's coming up in 2020? Well, we, we of course, have our, our annual convention in, in June every year here in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, and we're we're always excited about that. It's a great time to get alumni together, um, our supporters together, and our students together to have some of those contests and programming that we do, as well as recognize the work that that our students have been doing every year. Uh, one bigger initiative that we're really looking on is expanding that SAE component, that supervised agricultural experience. It's the the hands on portion of agriculture education. And we're we're looking at different ways that we can get our our teachers more support uh, for for their students as well as support our students as they're going through that program as well. So it really is about how do we continue to build those real world skills for our students and um, give them that that hands on experience that's going to serve them well in their career. So. I would that that's an area of importance for us. So we're going to continue talking about that and uh, doing some work around that to to uh, build that program a little bit more as well. That was John Romiak, the executive director at the Wisconsin FFA Foundation, talking about how they're consistently working to improve the opportunities for FFA and agricultural education students. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Reba McClone. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling the shine and diamonds but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days they may have that traditional feel that traditional customer service but they also have the new modern looks of today stop in and take a look at their jewelry case talk to the staff find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create go online goodmansjewelers.com castles culture and cows. That's the combination we've got lined up for you on our next agriculture adventure. I'm Pam Yankee inviting you to come along to Scotland and Northern Ireland September 15th through the 25th. We'll start off with three nights in Glasgow where we'll cruise Loch Lamont. 
tour the Inverary Castle. Then it's on to historic Edinburgh and touring the capital cities of Belfast and Dublin. Just think about the history there. You want to talk history? We'll be touring the Titanic Belfast Museum and also witnessing the breathtaking Giant's Causeway. We've got agricultural highlights included, a visit to an Ireland dairy farm, and the fantastic National Museum of Rural Life in Scotland. Call 800-826-2266 for details or email me for a brochure, pam at midwestfarmreport.com. Also online, holidayvacations.com. Scotland and Ireland, join us. Her barn doors are always open. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Young. You know, the sunshine might tempt you to try that today, but I think there's still plenty of nip in the air. It's 521 and time to talk weather now on a Tuesday morning. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. You know, I mentioned to you I was coming back from uh, Pambo up in Green Bay yesterday, and uh, despite the fact that the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Services wrapped up their crop reports for the year, there was still an awful lot of farm equipment out there trying to make its way through fields. I guess the good news is there's not a lot of snow accumulation coming this week. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to build up the snow cover any this week, and the ground has a pretty good chance to stay frozen, if you will, or at least good and crunchy early this week. The end of the week could be a little different. By Friday, temperatures could be back above freezing and even warmer for the weekend. I know a lot of work going on in my neighborhood. A lot of corn went in late last week and in the weekend as it's finally dried down, of course. We can get in some of those wet fields. A weak cool front's going to drop through from the north about the only change today or tonight. There may be some very light snow late today or this evening as that front passes. It really reinforces cold air overnight. Keeps our temperatures cold, the coldest day of the week, Wednesday, and it all warms up nice and slowly right after that. I'll have forecast details in just a moment. Hey, have you reserved your spot for the 2020 Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo? Registration is open and there's no better time. The early bird deal ends January 12th. This year's expo, February 6th and 7th at the Kalahari Resort and Convention Center in Wisconsin Dells. Attendees will be able to connect with fellow corn and soy producers as well as pork producers and with a massive trade show featuring more than 100 companies and over 160 booths. There's plenty to see and do. Register at cornsoyexpo.org. Castles, cows, and culture. That's some of what you'll get on our next agriculture adventure. I'm Pam Yankee telling you to come on along. We're headed to Scotland and Northern Ireland September 15th through the 25th. Some of the stops include Glasgow, Edinburgh, Belfast, and Dublin, plus agriculture highlights like visiting an Irish dairy farm and also an expansive rural life museum. Get details. 800-826-2266 or email Ham at MidwestFarmReport.com. All righty, Stu, give us some more on the details ahead. All right, how about some sunshine today? At least as we start the day, clouds will roll in. That cool front's going to drop in. Oh, it lines up this morning, though, still in northern Minnesota, but it comes through in a hurry. And, in fact, by late afternoon, La Crosse, Mauston, even the Fox Valley could have a little light snow. We ought to be in the mid and upper 20s today. West winds at 5 to 15. A little evening snow and some clouds, but they clear out again later on, and it does get colder. In fact, we drop down to single digits. 
digits, a lot of us, and Moss and Lacrosse could just fall below zero overnight with the northwest winds 5 to 15. Some sunshine Wednesday, a cold day, a few clouds build in later on. Uh, we stay in the low and mid-teens, northwest winds 5 to 15 become south, and then a bit brighter. Some sunshine, partly sunny Thursday, low to mid-30s, southwest winds 5 to 10, mid or upper 30s with sunshine Friday, Pam, and I'll, I'll tempt it. We may have a 40 popping in here during the weekend, Saturday or even Sunday. Wow. All right. Thanks, Stu. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya. Stu Gag, meteorologist along with us. Lacrosse, you're 21 this morning. So is Mauston, Fond du Lac, cloudy and 19. Madison is cloudy and 19 as well. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Battles aren't won solely on the field that's a common misconception battles are won within over enemies of fear enemies of doubt in that place where promises are kept promises to oneself this is a physical training event promises to one's community Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and stand up to cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org MLB. Stand up with us. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler like Restylane Lift is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold 
diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. morning, Arge. Hey, guys. What's happening? Living large and in charge, Arge. Just the the Packer playoff party celebrations underway. Arge, I should have brought in the champagne today. We should be having, uh, you know, popping the bubbly. Well, we could also do it for the uh, volleyball, women's volleyball team at UW. That's right, man. How about that? Was that that Thursday for the Final Four? Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they're looking pretty dominant. About to go up against the the number one overall seed in uh, Washington, I believe, though, so... We'll, uh, we'll see how that works out for them. Yeah, they play uh, Baylor, and then you got Stanford and Minnesota. So congratulations to uh, Badger Women's Volleyball. Uh, congratulations to Joe Burrow, RJ. Uh, look, we knew he was going to win the Heisman. There was not much drama about that. you know. And we knew that Jonathan Taylor wasn't going to win the Heisman. But in the final epitaph of it, you know, he does end up finishing fifth in the votes. Uh, are you, you know, back what we talked about when you were with us in, in studio on Friday, um, you know, what, what's your final takeaway on, on Taylor not being in New York, finishing fifth, and probably, you know, finishing up his career uh, here in Wisconsin up until this Rose Bowl? I was a little shocked after seeing the uh, actual tallies up where, I mean, he wasn't even near anybody in the top four, which I find hilarious, but... Uh, the other thing, there are people who didn't vote for Joe Burrow. <laughs> well, RJ, that's like these media idiots that, you know, they won't vote, you know, like Nolan Ryan or Greg Maddox on the first ballot of a hall. I mean, just because they're like, I'm not voting for him first ballot. Like, there, some media people are so stupid. Well, and, and I think it's still the regionality of of the Heisman vote, where you get guys who I don't think you have guys who I don't think necessarily even cover football anymore and or they don't watch as many games as they should to earn the right to vote. 
I mean, if you watched even maybe one LSU game this year, you know Joe Burrow is a pretty darn good quarterback. Uh, I mean, the the fact you don't have him in your top three is just hilarious. Um, And, I I mean, I can understand other people not being in your top three, but if he wasn't, that's just – I don't understand why you have a vote. Um, I think they should really look into changing how that goes. And I know uh, former Heisman winners are trying to now get uh, more power over what actually happens with the Heisman and how voting goes and all that. And uh, it's just one of those things. I think it's another thing in college football that's broken uh, that needs repair and nobody's willing to do it. Yeah, I just it amazes me, RJ, and all these sports, other than really the NFL, I give them credit because they do more of a consortium like you're talking about. But, you know, in, in the NBA and in Major League Baseball and in college football and basketball, you know, their, their awards, their history is decided on by a group of, like, white, unathletic guys that, you know, like, sit in yeah. front of a computer. And, that like, that's who determines who the best players are. Give me some ex-coaches. Give me some current players. Give me some former Heisman. Yeah, certainly the media plays a part. But to just have them be the end-all on these votes, to me, is so stupid. Yeah, and, uh, you know, at one point in time, I think they were given the power uh, because they wrote about said sport, and they were trying to increase the popularity of said sport throughout the media. And now, uh, you know, with the amount of different ways to ingest sports, it's not needed anymore. And, I mean, if a writer gets upset that they aren't voting anymore, I don't really care because chances are whatever paper you write for, nobody's ever heard of it. And, uh, you know, it's except for maybe the region you write for. But other than that, I think we need to start looking into more nationalized sports people getting a vote uh, with, with this kind of stuff and, uh, you know, actually having people who cover the sport cover it because uh was was it the baseball writers who yeah, RJ, no, some guy, was, go ahead Evo, some guy was doing women's not that there's anything wrong with it, women's community soccer and he had the uh, uh a vote for the mlb mvp some guy was running like a hip-hop entertainment company yeah it's i don't like how do you still have a vote i mean it should be <laughs> a local newspaper's beat writer for said sport or whatever but i mean there's people who admittedly say oh i didn't watch that game and yet you're an AP voter who just voted on how teams should be ranked or you're ranking people for a Heisman. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Alrighty, 535 now on a Tuesday morning coming up before 6 o'clock. Boy, the markets were on a tear yesterday. Saw the livestock complex and our corn and beans go higher. Did they hang on to it overnight? I've got your numbers before we hit 6 o'clock. We're also talking just a little bit about what non-farm consumers can be thinking about before the end of the calendar year. If you want to buy your vegetables, your produce directly from a Wisconsin farmer, well, they'd love to know about that decision before the end of the calendar year. Why? Because they have to make plans on what they're going to grow for next year. Reba McClone's got a conversation with one of those folks coming up before 6 o'clock. I'm Pam Yonke. 
Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So on this date, back in 1989, the first episode of The Simpsons aired. And boy, I'll tell you, it's back in repeats uh, to this day. On this date in 1903, first flight of the Wright Flyer. Remember that? That uh, powered aircraft took off Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, the first such aircraft to take flight. So now you know. Uh, Also, happy birthday to Pope Francis, the current Pope of the Catholic Church. He was born on this date in 1936. So there you go. A couple tidbits for Around the Water Cooler today. So this is the time of the year when a lot of folks are doing holiday entertaining, right? Uh, maybe you're having folks over to the house. Maybe you're taking something to uh, friends or family. I'll tell you what, just about the time you thought you'd served Wisconsin cheese every way imaginable, well, guess what? Now there's a new entry into your entertainment opportunities. Josh Scramlin brings us an update. It's Josh for the Midwest Farm Report. I'm here with Ken. He is the owner of Fromagination right on the Capitol Square in downtown Madison. Now, there is this thing that I was unaware of, and I like to consider myself a person that's well-versed in cheese. I love cheese, but I didn't know what this was until about a week ago. Can you explain to me what raclette lunch is? Well, I'm, I'm with you, Josh, because I didn't know what raclette lunch was uh before I opened Fromagination. So a lot of the cheesemakers educated me because a lot of our Wisconsin cheesemakers come from a Swiss background. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our cheesemakers have families that live still live in Switzerland. So they really have educated me on what raclette is. And we really bring that to life. And it's really a treat, especially in the cold winter when you're looking for something to do other than watching TV. Mm-hmm. You know, get out and about, enjoy Wisconsin winters, and stop in Fromagination, and we will show you some ooey gooey melted cheese that's made here in wisconsin that's will ooze all over your roasted potatoes and vegetables and make you feel like you just experienced something that you normally would not unless you went to switzerland yeah so tell me exactly how it works because you're mentioning potatoes and melted cheese but what is the actual presentation like so the presentation is a lot of fun because we do it right in front of the customer we have a little raclette machine that has a burner on top. You you uh, place a half wheel of uh, Wisconsin raclette cheese on it, and as it heats up, you then scrape. And raclette is really meant to scrape, and we love to scrape the cheese, which kind of gets that brown, uh, like in the bottom of a fondue pot. If you ever had a fondue, to me the best part is actually as the cheese is continuing to melt in the fondue and you get that crustiness of the of the bottom of the pot, you get that at the top layer of the raclette. And we enjoy um, serving it with roasted potatoes and uh, some pickled uh, acid, like a uh, what we call cornichon, which mm-hmm. is a French pickle. And then we have a house-made cranberry relish. Uh, and then pairing that with a cider, this really makes it something that you'll remember for years to come. So what made you want to bring it to Wisconsin? Well, because we are in the mecca of cheese here, and because we have such a rich Swiss tradition in Wisconsin, uh, we thought it would be fun to show where some of these traditions have started. For years at Fromagination, we did fondue lunches, and then we switched that up uh, the last couple of years by featuring raclette, and we get so many Instagram photos of our raclette lunches that it really keeps the momentum and the excitement going. And do you find yourself as a cheesemonger here in Wisconsin, there's there's so much competition that you kind of have to do things outside of the box to attract new customers? Well, we always are looking at, you know, we, we love what we do, and we're always looking at how do we 
continue to raise the bar and do things that really will create memories for our customers. So we're always open to ideas on how we can create new experiences because after all, when you bring people together around a table with great cheese, Mm -hmm. it really helps break down those barriers and really unifies everyone. And that at the end goal, that's what we're all about is cheese is kind of the center plate, Mm -hmm. but it's really about bringing friends and family together to enjoy great cheese. Couldn't agree with you more. And would it be safe to say that this is kind of the new fondue? I think that's safe to say. We still do fondue, and fondue is still definitely something that is another great communal experience. Uh, But anytime we're melting cheese, it really gives the store a flavor that you just can't bottle and you're not going to find online. Mm -hmm. And then before I let you go, what are people's reactions to this uh, raclette lunch so far? They love it, and it's been going strong for going on three years, I believe. So... It's definitely something, if you're in the Madison area, please stop by, and we serve raclette during our lunch hour, starting at 11 o'clock until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. All right, you heard the man. That is Ken Monteleone. He is the owner of Fromage Nation in downtown Madison. I would also highly encourage you to get online and look up raclette lunch. It's going to make you very hungry, very aesthetically pleasing, and who knows, it could be something that you might want to try at some point in time. As always, for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. I don't have any kids of my own, but what I do know from when I used to babysit and nanny is that they are messy. And there's no such thing as too many bibs when it comes to feeding. So here at the Midwest Farm Report, we want to add to your stock of baby bibs by giving you an absolutely free bib. Thanks to our friends at Quick Trip who are proud supporters of Wisconsin agriculture. If you head over to the MidwestFarmReport.com and sign up, we'll send you a free bib along with a special gift from Quick Trip. So head over right now. Boy, markets were on a tear yesterday in Chicago, both our livestock as well as our grain. Now, an overnight activity looks like some profit takers have moved in. Right now, March corn's down a penny and a quarter, 386 and three quarters. December new crop next year down a half a cent at 399 and three quarters. January beans are down a quarter of a cent, 921 and three quarters. November new crop beans down a half, 962. March wheat is down three cents at 546 and three quarters. July new crop down three and a quarter right now at 548. Barrel cheese on Monday dropped eight and a half cents to 161. 40 pound block cheese down two and three quarters at 177. Double A butter that did gain two cents at $1.98 per pound. Now is the time to think about what you want to eat next summer, thanks to a farmer involved in community-supported agriculture. Reba McClone's got the story next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within, over enemies of fear, enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. 
It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Wisconsin's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association and the Wisconsin Athletic Directors Association. This is the Midwest Farm Report. CSA, or Community Supported Agriculture, is an opportunity for people to get produce directly from farmers, but delivered to their door instead of maybe having to go to a farmer's market. And this time of year, you might not be thinking about where am I going to get fresh, locally grown produce. Ryan Matthews is the Development and Communications Coordinator at the Fair Share CSA Coalition, and I asked him if fresh produce was available to people this time of year via holiday boxes. Absolutely, they're a thing. Uh, A lot of our farms in the coalition do large holiday boxes immediately before both the Thanksgiving holiday as well as the Christmas holiday. And this is a terrific opportunity for people to source fresh, local, organic ingredients to prepare for those wholesome, traditional meals for their families. Do you have to have been a member to get these boxes, or are they available to the general public? The holiday boxes themselves are considered their own membership, so you don't need to have been a CSA member during the summer season in order to purchase a holiday box. They are kind of a one-off share of the harvest season. So it's kind of this specialty item. What might be included in some of these boxes regarding those for those meals? Because I don't think about fresh produce in November and December. Absolutely. So a lot of what is included in the holiday boxes, as well as I should mention, a number of farms are doing winter veggie lovers shares throughout November, December, February. And they include a lot of root and storage vegetables, things that are going to keep well. And so I, for instance, am a member of the Driftless CSA Winter Veggie Lovers Share. And every other week, I get a big delivery of carrots, potatoes, sweet potatoes, celery root, onions, things that work great in soups and stews and keep well and grow well in high tunnel hoop houses. I want to talk about CSA signups. So you talked about the winter signups, and those are going on at some. But what about if we're preparing for 2020? A number of our farms are already actively pursuing members for the summer season 2020 signup. And they're running early bird specials and offering gift cards that you can give to your families for CSA signups. Traditionally, the summer season sign-up peaks in February and March, and that's when we also host our annual Find Your Farm event at the Monona Terrace. It's a great way to meet your farm. If you haven't signed up for a CSA membership already, it's a great way to meet farms and choose one right there at the event. 
That's really cool with the Find Your Farm event. And I kind of want to go a little bit into that about what should you maybe be looking for in a CSA? There are a number of variables to be looking at. Fair Share CSA Coalition actually has a tool on our website to help you narrow down and find a CSA farm that's right for you. We call it our farm search tool. And it looks at a couple of different criteria, primarily farm location and drop-off location and pickup days are big concerns for people. They want to be able to work it into their life schedule. It's also a good idea to visit the website of each individual farm to see if you can find a sample of what's in a typical share Are CSAs something that are easily available to everyone? I know sometimes a lot of people who may be facing financial struggles, it's difficult to really get those fresh, that fresh produce on their table. Is there opportunities for those people as well? A big part of what Fairshare has been engaged in since the early 90s has been providing access to clean organic food for families of all incomes. We actually started a program called Partner Shares. It works with limited income families to provide funding assistance for them to purchase CSA shares directly from fair share farms. What the program does is it provides funding for half of the cost of a share up to $300 to help families with limited incomes access the same healthy food that the rest of us enjoy as well. Why should people be using CSAs? A lot of the changes in CSA in the last few years has really been thinking outside of the traditional box that you receive. There are new membership types. There's your traditional weekly full share. There are also farms that are doing every other week shares or half-size shares. This is great for people who maybe have kids leaving the house, don't have as much of a need for a full box of CSA now. Uh, there are also farms that are doing you-pick CSAs where you travel to the farm and pick your own produce, as well as market shares where you sign up and you get a gift card to that farm's farm market, and you can spend it at their Saturday farm market at Dane County. Uh, But CSA is about so much more than what's in the box. It's really about that farmer-member relationship. How are growers determining what they're going to put in their boxes? Do they kind of have a set regimen of, this is what I grow, or can members maybe have a bit of an input as well? It's a couple different variables. One variable certainly is that consumer demand. If they know that their members really want a particular vegetable, they're going to make sure that they can include it in their CSA share. Another variable might just be farmer preference. If they really personally dislike rutabaga, chances are that farmer isn't going to spend their life growing rutabaga. About how many farmers are involved in the Fair Share CSA Coalition? We have a list of all of our farms at csacoalition.org. Right now we have about 44, 45 farms. Most of them have deliveries in Dane County, Madison area, just by the nature of our history. Going back, we used to be known as the Madison area CSA Coalition. In the last 10 years or so, we've really branched out to include farms with deliveries and locations outside of Dane County. So we have farms that service Milwaukee area, Madison, uh, also central Illinois now, and the Twin Cities. That's quite a few farms. And on average, about how many people can each farm take in their sign up? One of the things that I have really appreciated about working to promote CSA is that 
our farms are so different. We have farms in the coalition that are working to reduce the number of their CSA shares down to, say, 90 shares. If it's just one person working the farm and they don't have any farm help, we also have farms in the coalition that are hoping to increase their number of shares to well over a thousand members. So it really depends on the farm, the size of their uh, tillable land, and how much they want to have in cultivation in a year. We have farms that are currently cultivating even as much as a single acre and sustaining a full-time farm business on that acre. Have you seen a increase in interest in CSAs in recent years? Is that why things have really seemed to bloom in the Madison area? There is definitely an increased interest amongst consumers in sourcing reliably organic, clean, healthy food for their families. There are so many claims about food that people see in stores that are impossible to double-check independently. And so having a a connection to a local farmer really helps people take out a lot of the guesswork in the food that they're sourcing, in the food that they're feeding their children. And lastly, Ryan, how has CSA embraced new technologies and how might they be looking to branch out? One thing we want to make sure people know is that CSA isn't just a summer activity anymore. There are farms that are offering CSA shares that extend well into the late autumn and early winter season, as well as farms that are able to offer early spring shares. And a lot of this comes down to new technology. So growing and starting planting in high tunnel hoop houses that extend seasons and allows farmers to plant earlier is a big thing. And so we would encourage people, regardless of the season, to look into whether CSA is right for them and to see if there's a farm that is currently able to meet their needs. A second thing I wanted to mention is that FairShare is currently involved in a national CSA group called the CSA Innovation Network that is coalescing farm support networks all across the country to act as a resource for CSA farmers from coast to coast, not just Wisconsin, not just the Midwest, but really providing a resource library for farmers all across the country to promote CSA and provide national resources for local farmers. Thank you so much, Ryan, for sharing all that information regarding CSAs and what they have to offer, as well as what the Fair Share CSA Coalition has to offer. That was Ryan Matthews, the Fair Share CSA.